Hello, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Sally Gentry. And I'm Bo Crater. Bo knows. Bo is back. <laughs> hey, back, Bo. Back again, back again. Good to see you. Well, you did such a good job last time. We invited him back, right? I know. He must have really enjoyed it. See you, Joe. Oh. No, I'm here. <laughs> We appreciate you filling some big shoes here. Bo is our advanced practice coordinator here at LOPA, which means he helps to maximize the gifts of our donors. So we appreciate you taking the time out to help us uh, in the community as well here on the Gifted Life podcast. You're an old hat at this now, right? It's I'm getting used to, but I do have a much bigger respect for you guys. I'll make this look a lot easier than it really is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any reviews, okay, Sally? Well, I, I don't know what to say, except I know that talking with some of our donor families, they really like Bo. Oh, oh, I think that's See? a big plus. <laughs> it is a big plus. Well, we appreciate you being here. And this is a great episode that you will be a part of. It's going to be fantastic. You may have seen a little Saints fan around on social media on some of the national networks, Jarius Robertson. He's on the transplant waiting list. And guess what, guys? He's here in the Gifted Life podcast. That's studio. Great. Oh, wow. He's going to talk to us today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also coming up on the podcast, we have a coach who has such a passion for donation that he's increasing the Louisiana registry one person at a time. So you're going to want to stay tuned to hear about that. Mm-hmm. And in the second part of our series on addiction, we're going to talk about how the impact of communicating with children and others around you can make a difference in understanding how addictions happen and what we can do to hopefully stop some of this. And we'll honor a hero as we do in every Gifted Life podcast. We always say to Bo, it only takes one person to make a difference. One person doing something they don't normally do, right? So one of the things that you can do is help spread the word about this Gifted Life podcast because, as you told us, easy to find. It's very easy to find. You can do as I did on iTunes. There's also Google Play are all the popular apps for downloading podcasts. Mm -hmm. And also another big one is actually on our website at lopa.org slash podcast. Easy to find. So all you have to do is spread the word. Share, right? A lot of what we talk about here you can find on our social media sites. On Facebook, it's Donate Life Louisiana. Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at Donate Life LA. And hey, we want this to be interactive. We want to know what you're thinking about, what questions you have. We want to answer them right here on The Gifted Life. That's why we have a hotline. That's right. You can also reach us at 504-648-3477. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, Bo, I have been pushing for a jingle to be created with that number, like a 504, something. Why don't you sing for us and see if it works? Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> uh, He's saying no. He's saying no. You can hear. Uh, but 504-648-3477, that's the hotline. Be a part of making a difference. Lots to get to. You guys ready? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, guys, we have a special guest in studio, Bo. We're going to have to work on him to get him out of his shell, though, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very, very quiet here. <laughs> You're not <laughs> never quiet. Do you recognize that voice? That is Jerry Jarius Robertson. <laughs> That's A.K.A. Yeah. Superfan Jarius. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You've seen him on national headlines, social media, darling. Just a cute thing, and, and maybe a future musician. We don't know. Uh, so he's joining us in studio. We also have Dad Jordy. Hey. 
Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Do you get a lot of words in? Oh, yes. Sometimes? <laughs> we love him. You got to work on that personality, though, right? Yeah, he's he's pretty strong. He does so it all by himself. He's been uh, <laughs> making the headlines because you are a Saints super fan. I like Don't Dance in My End Zone. That's a thing now, right? Right. I like that you made it a thing. Were you nervous out there on the sidelines? No, I was not nervous because you're in my home down and you don't dance in my end zone. Boom! Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So so watching the Saints, sometimes we have some highs, sometimes we have some lows, but you're always backing them, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I saw when the Saints signed you to a contract. I was pretty excited for you. You seem like no nerves at all, like nerves of steel. Well... I was having fun, so I wasn't nervous. That was a pretty great opportunity. I saw Dad smiling. My goodness. One of the other things that we learned was that you were on the transplant waiting list, right? Got that. Got that. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? What are you waiting for? A new liver. A new liver. So, Dad, he had a liver transplant when he was younger? Yes, he had a liver transplant back in 04. In 04, because he had biliary atresia? Yeah, he was diagnosed with biliary atresia. It's a chronic liver disease that requires a, another transplant. So Dr. Serrano is on the phone with us from Oshner Hospital. I was wondering if you could kind of give us a little information on what is biliary atresia. Thank you for having me. Biliary atresia is a congenital disease that progresses into cirrhosis and liver failure and is the first cause of liver transplant in pediatric patients. This is different from adults because most of these kids will have their transplant during childhood. But about half of the liver transplants that are done in this country and around the world are done for patients with biliary atresia. What that implies is that the patient is missing the ducts and the plumbing, if you would say, between the liver and your intestine that allows the flow of bile into the intestine. And when that happens, there's an inflammatory process that progresses into cirrhosis and therefore causes liver failure in this patient. Wow. Now, I know that you're a part of Jerry's care team at Auctioner Hospital for Children. What I loved is that he answered the phone and you immediately knew that it was Jerry's. Well, I've been very fortunate to work with him. I've been working with Jerry's now for maybe about 15 months when he got transferred to us at Auctioner Hospital for Children so that we could follow in his care. And he really has been a great patient. He's an example to all of us on yeah. how um, to face something as difficult as what he faces and to live every day to the fullest and be really a positive influence for everyone. So I've just been very lucky to be able to be one of his doctors. Except for when I'm not eating. Ooh, telling <laughs> on yourself. Yes, I do that from time to time. So dad, it's kind of deceiving for all of us because we see this huge personality in this teen over here, but he is waiting on a transplant, which means he's pretty sick. Yes. So walk us through, you know, what life is like and, and what he's battling. All right, throughout life, dealing with Jarius, I mean, it's hard knowing that he, his situation requires a transplant, and we never know what day is coming or how it's coming. Mm -hmm. On the bright side of it, just being in the presence of him and being around him makes you feel good. And It just makes you smile right yeah, away. Yeah, it makes you smile. <laughs> There's no quitting him. Dr. Serrano, Bo and I were talking before. Can we talk about the waiting list now? We know that Jarius is on that wait list. There's always a shortage of organs to provide the care for every patient that needs an organ transplant, not only livers, but all the other organs that are able to be transplanted. And so being in this waiting list is waiting for the best liver possible for our patients. 
which is kind of what Darius is waiting for, the best match that we can find so that his outcome is the best possible. But this requires all of us to be aware that if we are all donors, then the availability of organs will improve for patients like Darius that need organs to be donated to them to change their lives and to save their lives. You know, what we all advocate for is to increase our awareness to be all become donors so that we can have an impact in someone else's life in such an incredible and important way. The way that the organs are allocated is based on how critical the patient is and how sick they are. Darius, although he looks fantastic and like his dad said, we never know what the day is going to bring, and that includes all of us that take care of him. So we're all hoping that a great match will come for him soon, and that's why his dad and Darius have worked so hard in raising awareness mm-hmm. about being a donor so that we are able to change more patients' lives through this procedure that is life-saving. I've heard that Ashner is number one for liver transplants in the country. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, we are. So our liver transplant program is the number one in the country as far as volume, meaning the number of transplants that are done a year and as far as outcomes. And it has been like that for the last few years. So we have consistently done more transplants than any other liver transplant center in the country. Within those transplants, we do some pediatric patients, and those are the patients that I'm taking care of, and that's how I ended up getting to know Darius. So we have a great program. We have a team of seven, soon to be eight, wonderful transplant surgeons. We have hepatologists, social workers, nurses, care coordinators, dietitians, pharmacists, that all work together in making these outcomes a reality for all of the patients. Right. So, Jarius, we know that your story, he's making us laugh right now, Dr. Serrano. <laughs> and what he doesn't know is that it's Bo's second podcast, so yeah. challenging him, which is good. But you've been helping us spread the word about the need for folks to learn and make an educated decision about donation. So let's talk about some of the celebrities and some of the cool opportunities you've had. Over the past couple of months, years. So, did you meet Drew Brees? Donut. Do you have his digits? Can you tell him I said hi? No, I can't. Negative. I got denied, y'all. So, I know you met Robin Roberts. I saw you. Donut. And you've interviewed on national TV. Who else did you meet? Any other Saints players? Everybody. Oh, scared. Who's, who's, who's your favorite Saints player? Can't tell you. Oh. <laughs> It wouldn't happen to be one that shares a name with you, would Can't it? Can't tell you. But you're, you're getting denied, too. I don't feel oh, so man. bad. Uh, Dad, let's talk about it takes lives to save lives. Where did that come from? And then he's had these wonderful opportunities. How is that helping in your cause? We met with Dr. Bruce, one of the transplant surgeons, and we had a, a meeting with him. And throughout that meeting, we didn't get the great results that we was looking for, but we did get the results that they're going to fight with us today. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they gave us faith to keep on pushing. So when we got back to the room, me and Jarius, we come up with the idea about what can we do besides waiting on Oxygen Hospital for children to receive a, a liver transplant. Mm-hmm. So basically we came together and we come up with it takes lives to save lives. We thought about it like this is the only way he's, he's going to mm-hmm, live. Mm-hmm. We get to cover everybody who's fighting for a transplant. Right. It could be uh, kidney, liver, right, eye transplant, right. any kind of organ transplant you need. If you lose your life, your life still go on because you're able to live on in another person's life. My goodness. And let me tell you. Very true. When you were on um, Good Morning America, you were with Robin Roberts. You got signed to the contract. 
people were sending me that story Mm -hmm. that have never talked to me about organ donation. They said, did you see this cool kid on TV? He needs a transplant. So people Mm -hmm. who have never talked about it did because you guys stepped out. And, and, you know, that's the whole point about it is we need to get out and reach everybody. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize it until it hits their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always say it takes one person to make a difference, and look what he's able to do. One person <laughs> to touch the whole world in just a matter of months. And he did. My phone was just ding, 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 ding. ding. I was like, what is this? Jerry's, what, what's on my head, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't do that. Bo, uh, Jerry's doesn't know not to touch my hair. Oh. My hair's a thing, man. What you think about it? It's all right. A lot of hairspray, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think about donation? Do you do you know a little bit about it? What do you think? Can you talk into that microphone right there? Oh, he knows. Hold on, Doctor Serrano. He's getting situated. All right. I'm okay. very very new at this, but all I know is that if anybody can get a lip, if we can get a liver, boom, bam, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Serrano, you deal with this a lot with his little personality? Uh, well, you know, sometimes I have some um, some leverage. If he's mean to me, then he can't eat. So oh. I, I have That's no way what you do to now. him <laughs> I got some words for you when I see you. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> so we always talk about this transplant journey. You guys have been at it for years. So okay. how has that impacted uh, your family? We're able to deal with it. We're still mm-hmm. learning it. But every day is something new. Right. And it's not just coming from what we're picking up off of him. Mm-hmm. It's what we're getting from social media, what we're getting from the news, what we're getting from people in general saying we're doing a good job. Now, I have people that reach out from all over the world. Mm-hmm. What can we do to help? What, you know, what's his blood type? Or how do we see if he's a match? And that really touches our family and makes yeah. us stronger because now we know that it's just not staying local. It's worldwide right now. If a person can write on a car, my daddy needs a kidney transplant mm-hmm. and get it, why can't we, by mouth, social media, and the news, go out and say my kids or every other kid need a liver transplant and we can get it? Well, he's doing just that good. easy. I think it's his super dance moves yeah. or the fact that he can hold a highlighter on his upper lip as he's doing right now. So, Dr. Serrano, what do you want people to know about, about donation um, just from your perspective, from your side? So, in general, and not only for Darius, but for all of our patients, the more availability we have, the better chances we have to have good matches for the kids. Because it's not only about blood type. You know, as far as livers, the size also has a role, the age of the patient. So all of these things matter. And like um, Mr. Robertson was saying, it's leaving a legacy after you pass on in changing someone's life in such an important way. So I really just advocate for everyone to become a donor. Now, uh, we we have a living donor program uh, for our liver patients and for our kidney patients. And that's another possibility that implies, of course, a bigger commitment and, you know, a bigger evaluation. But I think that the standard should be that we're all donors after we pass on mm-hmm. so that we can leave a legacy for these patients. Yeah, that was beautiful. I agree. I have Alvin in the studio. Hey, Alvin, how are you doing, Alvin? <laughs> I'm doing great, Jerry's. How about you? <laughs> Man, we're missing you and Alvin in the chipmunks. You need to come out with a new one. We have, we have a firecracker in the studio. <laughs> me and my brothers are having fun. Because we got to enjoy the little things. Yeah. So, Jarius, can, can you do me a favor? Can you say your tagline, it takes lives to save lives? It takes lives to save lives. And any movie director out there, come get me. 
<laughs> I want to play a I want to play like a James Bond little kid. Very specific, but I think you could do it. Yeah, Doctor Serrano, what do you think? I want to jump off a tall building. I'm sure she can. <laughs> and I want to ride four wheels. We got to work on that personality for this kid. He's got to come out of his shell. No. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Doctor Serrano, with Auctioner Hospital for Children. Jordy, that's the same name as one of our local lifesavers. We already like you. You're doing a great job with this guy. You're reaching, you know, more people in one appearance than, than most of us can do at, at certain events. So we appreciate you guys spreading that word. Yeah, and I tell everybody, if we can help save you, if you have any event going on, I'll be here right along with Lopa and anybody else who want to tag along. We can build a, one big old team. I tell everybody, if you're out there and you haven't donated, please go out and donate. Find me, find Lopa, find Oxner, find somebody that can help save somebody's life. And that's why it takes a lot to save lives, so please donate. Yeah, and I want to thank the Big Easy Mafia Club from the Saints. <laughs> they helped me when I'm down, and they gave me the school coin to keep on me. And thank you to the Gifted Life Podcast audience. Who right. that Jerry is out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that needs to be said, Dr. Serrano. So we enjoy visiting with Dr. Serrano, with Jerry as his dad. Just a little firecracker, We'll huh? be here Bye-bye. all day, people. <laughs> Psych. No, we won't. <laughs> that is funny. I love it. And we'll be following Jarius's story, but we hope that you make an educated decision about donation after hearing this story. Thank you. You heard it here. Okay, guys, Jarius Robertson. Woo! Talk he was about. a whirlwind, huh? Well, talk about. <laughs> he was funny. So from Jarius... To another firecracker, we have Coach Chris Swallow of Walker Freshman High School fame. Hey, Coach. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, guys, watch out for Coach. He's quick. Got to watch it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach has been a longtime classroom partner for LOPA over the years. He has helped increase Louisiana's donor registry by over 200 and counting. Right, Coach? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, right. so, so I get a text like, come pick up another form. Come That's pick up right. another form. We love that. So, he's joining us now to talk about what happens in his classroom? So, guys, you ever have a teacher when you're in school that just pushes you to the limits and introduces you to stuff that you don't normally get from a book? That's this guy right here. And everybody knows him, so you want to make friends with Coach. But, Coach, let's talk about donation in general, what you knew about donation before you got involved with LOPA and what you know now. Well, I know a lot more because of y'all visitations and the information I gathered. I didn't know a lot about it before you guys were visiting my classroom and just sitting back and Listen to the presentations of people whose family has been affected by it one way or the other. Kind of opened up my eyes to it. And I had a lot of, you know, 14, 15-year-old kids asking questions that I never even thought of. And before you know it, some of the little registration forms started coming back. And I kept thinking, you know, here's one, here's two, here's three. Before you know it, I got 20, 30. <laughs> I probably get like 30 a semester. And I kept thinking, you know, are these kids seeing something that I'm not? And then, of course, Miss Laurie Steele would say, Coach. Uh, do you have a little heart on your license? <laughs> no, I don't. And I go lie to you. And the more and more I thought about it, you know, I know I'm going to retire as a teacher and I'm going to retire as a person and hope kids remember me for a long time and this might be another way of doing it. And then one day, I just sat back and boom, I signed a little registration form. I sent it to Laurie Steele and she tells me later on that she's looking through the stack and she sees this name. Like, maybe he has another student named Chris Swallow by chance. <laughs> And I said, no, it's only it's one me. I know I'm on the list to help out if I can, you know. And so, Coach, just being in your classroom, and he invites us in semester after semester, which is great. So we have the opportunity to be in front of 
100 plus students each time that we go, which is incredible. But these are students that are about to get their permits or their licenses. And so we want them to make an educated decision. But what we've learned is that a lot of your students are touched by donation in some way, shape or form. And they come to you after our visit to have those important conversations. Oh, they do all the time. I've had, you know, my little girl said an uncle or aunt or mom or dad. And the big thing I'm surprised is that how many people I do not know have a heart on their driver's license. They know no one runs around with a T-shirt and says, hey, guess what? I'm a donor today. And I kept thinking, do you have a heart too? Yes, I do. Most of my friends had it, but they didn't, around, they didn't go around bragging to me. I kind of, then I kind of felt left out. <laughs> but it makes me feel good knowing that, you know, me, uh, my students, we're better educated. I tell the kids, do not sign the piece of paper until you really feel great about it. But they come back and say, Coach, you know, it's a pretty good feeling to know that I can do something when I'm going. I said, that's right. So I got a new approach to it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'd ever got a heart in my life when it been for Lori Steele and her team that came to my classroom. Oh. I don't think I would have. That's what? a wonderful compliment. Yeah. A lot of big praises right there. Yeah, hey, Coach. Well, and then, you know, if you're under the age of 18 in Louisiana, you need your parents' permission to right. sign up. And so we impress upon them, go home, talk about it. Talk about what this loud blonde lady came in talking to you about today. <laughs> right, Coach? That's what they all <laughs> leave with. Oh, yeah. What we love about Coach is that it doesn't stay in the classroom. So we know that it goes home because we get those forms back. And then he joins us out in the community. Well, so I do have a question for you. I understand you had a name contest to identify your mascot and how did you do that our heart mascot that we use at some of our events and we needed a name coach and so we go to our marketing genius in the walker area and what happened well Lori told me about the contest and i love contests i'm very competitive by nature and i kept thinking (laughs) okay is this gonna is this gonna be a a heart that's wearing an lsu cap (laughs) is it gonna be a heart wearing cowboy boots give me a picture of it and she told me about what the mascot would probably look like i kept thinking well Everybody wants people to donate. I said, Nate could be his last name and maybe Go, like Go Tigers, Go, spell it E-A-U-X. I said, how about donate? So I submitted it, and Lori said, you're not going to believe it, but it won. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Pretty good. (laughs) We asked our Lopa team, what do you think? And that's the name they picked. Bo, pretty good, right? Oh, that's excellent. Uh, It's genius, coach. Wow. (laughs) We love that. And he is so great. We have a poster contest that we do each year, and it's trying to get those students involved in the donation process. What do you take away? Put it on a poster that we can take out in the community. And you've had some good ones come out of Walker Freshman High, made our calendar that we put out once a year as well, right? What are you proud of? Uh, I think one, one young lady a couple years ago said, Coach, I'm in the art club. And you know, athletes, they get a chance to show their skills on a Friday night or on a court or a diamond. Sometimes the art students kind of sit back and they don't get too much spotlight. So I said, look, you're a pretty good little artist. Let me give you a couple ideas. I said, draw me a picture of a kid sliding into home plate and the catcher dropping the ball and the umpire behind him calling him safe. I'll come up with the jingle. You draw the picture. So she drew me a good-looking picture of a catcher dropping the ball, umpire called him safe. And we came up with the title, uh, Organ Donation. It's a safe call every time. And it came out, I think, in the top 12. And we have a couple others, great ideas. I just got to get the kids to put it on paper, you know, but uh, there's a lot of little jingles and marketing schemes that people can use. <laughs> he's good. And Coach works with our LSU marketing students as well, because as you can see, he's an idea guy. So him and I get along really great. And then we need folks to execute our plans. That's what happens. <laughs> but let me tell you, when it comes to the poster contest, like Coach is really hands-on. So 
works with those students, can go and pick up that poster, delivers it, just make sure that it's done for that student. We had a ceremony in your classroom when one of your students made the poster contest, and you said she took away a lot from that win, right? Exactly. One young lady, I thought she was probably one of the tops of everybody. She really put her heart and soul into it. It was a student that really don't get a lot of recognition, you know, whether it's athletics or beauty pageants or whatever. But that particular moment, Laurie Steele and Loper came to her side and made her day by giving a little certificate, uh, like a little plaque, a copy of the, of the picture. And it really made, I mean, not her day, but her year. It, really, it was a great year for her. Yeah, and you helped to make that happen, Coach. And we appreciate it. What we're trying to show is that it takes only one person to make a difference. So this teacher exactly. said, hey, my students need to learn about this, make an educated decision. I'm going to help get them the information that they need. And then he also joins us out in the community, which is amazing. So, Coach, when it comes to donation, what do you kind of tell your students? What's the thing you leave them with before they go home and talk to their parents? Well, just like the videotape with Wendy and, uh, and Carl Lewis, just talk, talk, talk. And, you know, a lot of times we tell kids to be quiet. Be quiet. Listen to this. Once in a while, parents listen to your children. Because I know my students, from Ms. Lori Steele's presentation and her team that she brings in, the students know more about it than probably the parents do. And they come back and say, Coach, you know, my dad said this, my mom said that. I said, no, Dad, you got that wrong. That's not true. How do you know that? I heard it today in the presentation. So I tell the kids, just get all your facts first. If you have any questions about it, give it to me on a piece of paper. I'll call the experts, Ms. Lori and her crew, and I'll get it for you. And once the kids get all the information, whether they're 14 or 25, they go, you know, Coach, I got all my facts straight. I'm ready to do it. A lot of people don't do things because they don't have the facts. Or they do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing because they don't have all the facts. But when Lori and the crew leave, some of the kids are ready to pull the trigger on the, on the form. Others go, Coach, I need a little bit more time. I said, that's okay. It took me like four or five years that's right. to sit back. And go, you know something? Why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why didn't? And I don't know, but I'm glad I did. You know, thanks to Lori. There you go. Well, you are a great partner in the classroom. You're a great teacher. And if you ever decide to retire, I'm going to be sad over here in Lopa land. So we appreciate you, Coach. We did get that application out. How much do you um, uh, you, um, you pay? <laughs> <laughs> You're a good guy, Coach. Well, I think after teaching, he may open his own marketing firm. Did you hear that, though? Probably so, right? I think so. That's what I got. An idea man. All right. Coach Chris Swallow with Walker Freshman High School. We appreciate the partnership. Hey, thanks for having me. Our family support segment today, we are continuing our conversation about addictions. That's right. Last episode, we talked about what addiction is. So on this podcast, we're going to look at what we can do to educate ourselves about addiction. Sally, do you have any pearls of wisdom for us? Well, I'm not sure I have pearls of wisdom. However, I do have some, I think, good information for our listeners. You know, if y'all were listening in, you just heard Coach Swallow talk about getting your facts, and then you communicate, but getting facts first. I think that's what's really important because if you are a parent or a friend of someone who you think may be using drugs of some sort, you need to talk to them. You need to find out what's going on, find out the facts, and share it with them. 
I think when you're talking with your children, too, I know some of the information we have talks about children from the age of nine and up. But I really think in our day, in this society, the way that, you know, drugs are kind of thrown about in a very casual manner when people are talking about them, I think that you can start even younger than that when kids start asking questions. And to not address it with facts and with good information also that you can access. I think people just have a tendency to go, well, you know, it's something that somebody else does. I don't go through it. My family isn't going through it. But, you know, if you don't talk about it, you don't know for sure what might be happening. I think, too, some of the things that we do is we either discriminate or we tag somebody with a stereotype. Well, you know, if they want to quit, they really could, or maybe they're just using because they think it's the thing to do, or they're hooked on a drug because somebody else told them to do it. There's just things like this that you don't let that slide when you're talking with people. Uh, Just say, well, wait a minute. Are you there? Have you seen this? Do you know what this person is going through? And most of the time, we don't. Most of the time, we just take it face value. Bo, you might say, well, I just saw Kirsten, and I think she was using something. Well, rather than going, you know what? Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's talk about the facts of the situation. And most of the time, people just don't do that. And I know, too, that when people are in recovery or they're trying to get help, the last thing they need is the negatives coming from somebody. Well, that's not going to work. It didn't work for you before. It's not going to work for you again. Well, you know, some of that self-fulfilling prophecy goes to work. Well, you know, you might be right. Maybe it won't. So we need to be supportive and not be quick rushing to judgment about somebody that's having problems. And, you know, things can reverse the opioid effect. Bo, I think you know just from that clinical standpoint again. That's correct. Actually, you can get trained to administer naloxone or Narcan, as it's called, on people that have an opioid overdose. So anybody that's taking any prescription medications that's an opioid, such as your Loratabs, your Oxycontin, or even somebody that you no might be on an IV illegal medication, it's still safe to have to treat them for an overdose. It's a good skill to have in case you'd ever come across someone that would need this life-saving drug to reverse that medication. And also sometimes you come across the issue with pain medication that's been not used inside your house, and some people don't know what to do with it, and it can be a hazard to either elderly or young children. Mm-hmm. And here in the state of Louisiana, there's drop boxes that will actually take this medication, and you can drop it safely and effectively. And what you do is you just call and get the location of the drop box because they move them periodically. Is, is that anonymous? It is anonymous, oh, okay. and it's an anonymous drop-off, and it's moved periodically for safety. I see. Okay. And if a box is unavailable, you can use like a Deterra pouch, which is a drug deactivation system, and it renders basically the medication useless. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes, too, we have people that ask, so if somebody abuses drugs, can they become a donor? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. Just because a person uses drugs does not rule them out for being an organ donor. We do a lot of testing to check for disease processes, and we do check all the organ function to make sure that every gift is as safe as possible. Well, I think that's really some good information because many times our families will say, I'm surprised my loved one was 
able to be a donor because they know that their loved one had engaged in certain activities with drug usage. And so when they do talk about that, it's helpful so they can share that information with their friends or with other family members. If you all would like some additional information about the signs of addiction, how to help someone with addiction, helping to find a way to end the heroin epidemic, or to find help and treatment for a substance use disorder, you can find more information at LOPA.org under Family Services, and we have a resource section that will have all these listings for you. Yeah, it has all that and more. And maybe you heard something that you want us to talk about, or you have another topic that you want Sally to tackle, info at LOPA.org. At this part in our podcast, we'd like to honor our hero, as we do in every podcast. And today's hero is Jason Moody. Yes, and we learn about Jason from Mom. She tells us May 18th, 2006 started out like any other day, but it ended with Jason being transported to a local hospital following a tragic event. Mom says while in the hospital, she remembers seeing the words organ donation in her mind and the most peaceful feeling came over her. She tells us at 2.54 p.m., May 29, 2006, Jason was pronounced brain dead. He ended up saving four people through organ donation on the day he died. He also helped a lot of other people through tissue donation. She says, I don't understand why Jason was taken away from us, but I do know that God took away a very good Christian young man and that he needed him more than we needed him here. We appreciate mom sharing that story. You can see Jason's face. You can read his story. You can also hear his story told by mom and dad on Lopa.org's Heroes page. And now we pause and say thank you to Jason for the gift of life. We have reached the question segment of our show. Today we have a question from info at lopa.org. The question is, how can I get involved with sharing the gift of organ, eye, and tissue donation? Wow, that sounds like a question for you, Miss Steele. <laughs> yes, it does. Did you know what I'm going to say first? I'm going to start with the podcast. Share the podcast. Ah, Bo, nice. when we leave here today, share the podcast. I will. Even the one with your voice on it. <laughs> right? Lots of good information. You can do that. Um, you can go to lopa.org and you can sign up to volunteer. What I do in my area and what my cohorts do, we host several different events from church talks. We heard from coach, so we go in the classroom as well. We work with LSU, so we try to do different, fun, outside-the-box things to help spread the word about organ eye and tissue donation. So all you have to do is register your name. That goes to the person closest to you who does community work with LOPA. And we let you know what events are coming up. And if you're interested, if you have time, then you come out. A lot of folks, we had the Rabelais Run for Life not too long ago. It was just a simple email. This is what's coming up. You want to be surrounded by people who know exactly what it is you're going through? Come out and join us. Come eat some free food. Come smile with us. Come celebrate life. It's just that easy. No pressure, folks. All we're trying to do is save lives, and it only takes one person to make that happen. Hey. Sally, I see you doing this all the time on social media, on Facebook, sharing one of our posts. Absolutely. Sharing something that we said here on The Gifted Life. That's right. Um, little Jarius was on here. I mean, look at him. He does one interview, and all these people who have never thought about donation now think about donation. 
So we can make that kind of impact. We just need you to join our team. It's that easy. Does that cover it, Bo? I think you about summed it up right there. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> lopa.org, sign up to volunteer today. If you have more questions, info at lopa.org. Can't wait to hear from you. Or you can give us a call, 504-648-3477. I love it. Another episode of the Gifted Life Podcast has come to a close, guys. Making progress. Absolutely. Saving lives. We love it. Today on the podcast, we had Jarius and Jordy Robertson and Dr. Serrano talking to us about Jarius's story. Quite the personality. We had to keep up with him. It was tough. <laughs> Talk about a little bitty man like him with that much energy. I know. And can show how much he can change people's perception in a donation. Man, and kudos to you, Bo, because during the interview, if you log on to Donate Life, Louisiana's Facebook page, he gave you a run for your money because he put stuff in your hair. He was... <laughs> messing with you during your second podcast ever. Oh, yeah, he challenged me. you held me. strong, man. Barely. Held strong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we love that. He was fun, and I love that he gets people talking about donation who wouldn't normally talk about donation. So got to love that. We'll continue to follow his story. We had Coach on. Yeah. What can you say about Coach? Oh, he was excellent. I really liked hearing his dedication and yes. how he got his students involved. And most of the time you don't hear too much about that coming from teachers and or coaches. Mm -hmm. But all the things that he's doing to educate them and he's got art on his driver's license. Way to go. What a partner in the classroom. Got to love it. What's coming up, Bo? Don't forget to watch the Rose Bowl Parade. It's going to be on January 2nd. Mm -hmm. And with that is the Donate Life Float. Mr. Ricardo Buck Brown's Florograph is going to be on that float. Yes, and you'll see lots of other heroes honored on that float. One of my favorite things to do for the new year. Also, Bo, thank you. Oh. We called you. You filled some big shoes, and we appreciate it. Well, no, was, no, thank you guys. <laughs> it was great. I, I don't think he's it. really thanking us. He's like, I'm grateful this is over. My, uh, my brain has come to an end. <laughs> Did we ever figure out what Joey was off doing? He was running across the United States after he won the race. The Rob Yeah, yeah. He was also in a flash mob. He's just a cool dude. Ah. It's a busy life, that guy. There no wonder go. he didn't have time for us, huh? But so, you were fantastic. Well, yes. thank you all very much. Come back anytime. Oh, okay. Did we scare Ooh. you? Are you going to come back? It's, it's a tough job. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. All right. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you listening. Please help us spread the word about the podcast. And we hope that you go out and do something that you don't normally do today to help make life happen. Have a good one. Mm.